He just got his bell rung. That's what they used to say when a kid got up after taking a hit in football and didn't know what day it was. Thought it, People thought it was kind of funny, actually. Lots of sports today on the John Stockerwald Show here, but as usual, not a lot of X's and O's when we do talk about sports. Uh, we like to deal with issues surrounding and, and issues affected by sports. And today, we're going to spend some time talking about concussions. Uh, college football teams, including Pitt and Penn State, are in camp right now. And while you're probably well aware of the NFL's issue with concussions and the settlement made with players, uh, the NCAA is also being sued, in case you didn't know. And high school teams start practicing in the next few days. So if you have a son or a grandson playing high school football, it's a lot different now from when you were a kid. It's a lot different. Uh, No more bells being rung. And now, because of the fear of concussions, uh, the future of football is actually at stake. I don't think that's an overstatement. And imagine how life in America would change if there was no football on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays in the fall, not to mention Monday and Thursday nights, of course. We could probably do without that, but uh, especially Thursday night. But anyway, high school football is still a pretty big deal around here. And whether you care about sports or not, it's still a major part of our culture. Football is a major part of our culture. And, and so football going away, it would be a huge game changer. It's not going away anytime soon. But when parents see young, healthy-looking guys who say they're unable to function because of too many concussions, the more they're going to be encouraging their sons to play baseball or lacrosse or or basketball or, God forbid, soccer. Uh, And anyway, we had a segment last week with a guy from Kent State talking about kids getting scholarships for playing video games. If you've heard that show, uh, it was very strange. And there's talk of putting esports into the Olympics. So we could be heading in that direction. Uh, I guess that's better than concussions, but <laughs> not much. Uh, there is no game on earth that's as violent as American football. There just isn't. And there probably isn't a game on earth that's as American as American football. It's always been uh, seen as a great way to toughen kids up. And it's the toughness that's, that's uh, what makes Americans like it so much. I'm not sure we would have won the two world wars if our guys hadn't grown up with football and boxing. So if football goes away, it'll be hard to replace, and it's not going away anytime soon. But unless something changes, I could see it, you know, I could see it being almost gone by the time, I don't know, my grandkids are in high school. When we come back, we're going to talk to Jesse Dougherty, who covers college football for the Washington Post. We're going to talk about that suit against the NCAA. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And their no-loophole full lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM 1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Buying a home should be one of life's best experiences. But today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments. And that can turn a great experience into an anxious one. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. 
It's called the power buying process. We check your income, assets, and credit to provide you with a verified approval, which can give you the strength of a cash buyer. Once verified, you qualify for our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you find your new home. Then, once you've found your new home, if rates have gone up, your rate stays locked. But if rates have gone down, your rate drops, and you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1490 today 724-884-1496 or visit them at marleyfg.com you know the moment the workday is over your daily responsibilities have been met the shoes slip off and you lay back it's that end of day ah that's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body soothing serenity made locally at the original mattress factory relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work the original mattress factory thoughtfully made honestly priced OriginalMattress.com. when it comes to selling you a mattress most retailers are handing you a line a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion at the original mattress factory we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you it's short sweet and simply makes sense So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. College football teams are in camp right now, and in a few weeks the big story may not be who's beating whom in the early games, though. Uh, The big story might be the lawsuit filed by former players against the NCAA because of what else? Concussions. Jesse Dougherty covers college sports for the Washington Post. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So where does the uh, lawsuit stand right now? How many players are involved? So the lawsuit is around, it's, it's, it's inching toward 150. It's, it's in the range between 100 and 150. A lot of players are sort of on the cusp of filing, so it's kind of hard to put a hard number on it. Uh, but, but and then the lawsuit, as far as uh, sort of where it is status-wise, uh, they're still waiting for... A judge to rule a motion to dismiss. Um, that's expected to come any day now. So this stuff really could pick up in the fall, unless of course it's dismissed. And the NCA would, at that point, be pretty happy. But uh, but right now, it's, they're waiting on some 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 rulings, and there's about 100 to 150 players involved. And I would guess that if there's some success with this one, that number is going to grow. It certainly will. And, and the interesting thing about this lawsuit is it's not. It's not really. It's, it's way more. It's way bigger than that. It's not just 115, let's say, or 120. Uh, they each have the possibility of being a class action lawsuit. What that means is, 
if they are approved as a class, if, if a player like Wes Williams, who I wrote about, is approved, any player who played at Alabama in, the, in one of the four years that Les did will be eligible for the reparations or whatever kind of payout these players do get as part of this lawsuit. So you could think, I mean, if it's 150 multiplied by all their teammates, this could get to thousands of players to be roped into this, and then more and more will probably come. So this, this thing has the opportunity to get really wide in scope. Wow. The NCAA uh, settled out of court with the wife of a player from the University of Texas who died and he was, I think he was shown to have CTE. Uh, why did the NCAA settle that one, and uh, and how's that going to affect this current one? Right, so, it, you know, they haven't made any, like, significant statement or, or done any interviews. Generally, they're pretty quiet about legal action and legal things, for lack of a better term. But the, the idea behind that is that if you're going to settle a case that is, is similar to this, to these class action lawsuits in a lot of ways, that's not a lot of confidence. They were not confident to go to trial. They didn't want to see this thing go through. They didn't want to see what the result would be, so they settled for an undisclosed amount. And that I think that got a lot of the lawyers and people involved in these cases that are similar to Les Williams, I think that got people excited. That showed that the NCAA might not be as confident as it once was. You know, right now they're just doing everything they can to get these lawsuits thrown out of court and, uh, and sort of shot down. And so, so I think that plot settlement was very telling um, for where the NCAA feels it stands with these things, and, uh, and it can only be good for the plaintiffs moving forward. Well, it seemed to me the based on I'm no lawyer, but uh, you know based on what happened with the NFL and its lawsuit and its uh, uh, settlement with the players, I wouldn't be betting a lot of money on the on a judge throwing these cases out, would you? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, that is the precedent we have right now. It's tough to compare it too much because there are different things. Like the NCAA doesn't have like a labor union like the NFL does. I mean, there there are certain. That, and that's a big that's a big thing. So, the, so the NCAA, you know, they have what they're arguing is that these schools did not sort of follow through on their promise to protect these players. And those promises are either, you know, they're they're both implicit and explicit. They're explicit in that you know they're under your watch and they're at your university and their players under your purview and they you did not protect them and educate them. And then they're more explicit in that there were contracts these players signed that said we're going to protect you and keep you safe and 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 whatnot. So. There's no that that's what the NCA uh, the lawyers here are arguing the NCA did not uphold. It will be interesting to see uh, how a judge rules on that and if that's a sort of a viable case to make. But there is no precedent with the NFL. But but I think you are right in that the way concussions were handled by other leagues. If you consider the NCA and NFL and NHL sort of similar entities, um, aside from their fundamental differences, I think you're right in that you know that 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 is sort of foreboding for the NCA that they probably will have to do some music to some extent in this case. We're talking to Jesse Daugherty of the Washington Post. He covers college sports uh, for them. And, um, you know, I was just thinking, uh, you're talking about all, more college players getting involved, but I'm pretty sure that most of the NFL players also played college football. So could they be coming at them with a suit, even though they're also suing as an NFL player or involved in that well, settlement? You need, to, you need to have stopped playing after college for this lawsuit. So the NFL players can't say, "Hey, I was a college player." Now, oh, I'm okay, this too. okay, because because they would be now eligible, the NFL players, to some of the stipulations the NFL has made as a result of that CTE lawsuit from before. Either they're going to get certain things, um, or they're going to, or the rules have changed and the labor union labor laws have changed as a result, and now they are benefiting from that. So it really only is if you stop playing after college. And the NFL settled for billions of dollars, and I'm just wondering, you know, I'm, I don't know, you, you wouldn't know this any better than I would, I don't think, but, you know, can the NCAA handle that kind of a settlement? It's not, who has more money, the NCAA or the NFL? Yeah, I'm, 
I'm not entirely sure what the settlement would look like or what the NCAA can handle. We do sort of see every year the, the crazy amount of money they make on like the NCAA tournament alone for the TV rights deal. I mean, you know, there, there definitely is a, a pretty big crop of money there. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what they can and can't handle or what, what they could be facing here, but I think they, they certainly are equipped to, to at least take some take some take some sort of blow and uh but but they don't want to and that's and that's how that's how change happens here it's, it's i think from a class action lawsuit standpoint the idea is yeah you're trying to help these players they're right now the guys that are trying to deal with medical costs and raising families and might not be able to or equipped to because of what happened as a result of football but you also these players will say it to you and the sort of handful that i talked to they're, they're trying to make changes for the future and the idea is that you hit them hard enough in the pocket hopefully if they're going to make fundamental structural changes to their procedure that will help players in the future be safer playing football. And I don't think a lot of the players wanted to abolish football, but I think they want the, the climate to be more open. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, prevention. And, and, and I think that's what you, the idea is that the big payout and then there's changes. And in your story, you focused on a guy you mentioned, uh, Les Williams. He played at Alabama and he has serious issues. Um, he seems to be, well, I, I'll ask you, is he bitter? Is he bitter about it? That's an interesting uh, question. I think, I think he's bitter at himself for a lot of reasons. I think he thinks with all the knowledge we have now, he's hard on himself that he doesn't know more. And that he, he, a lot of ways he wishes he didn't play. He wishes he could go back and run track or play basketball. He was a very talented athlete. He, and he never made any money on football. Mm-hmm. So it's not, like, it's not like it ended up being some big payoff for him or life changing for him. It ended up just only having negative effects on his future. So I think he's not bitter at Alabama. He's not suing the school. A lot of players are. He's, um, I think he's bitter at some coaches that maybe didn't handle things the right way or created a culture where it wasn't, you know, um, it was frowned upon or got made fun of for speaking up or being injured or whatever it may be. But I think, let's, you know, to be honest, spending a lot of time with him, he's most bitter at himself, which is sad because wow. probably it doesn't need, doesn't need to be, but I, I, that would be the case. You point out that uh, he's, I think he's 37. Uh, you, you point out yep. that guys like him are old enough to have missed the warnings that we're hearing now, but aware enough of what might be in uh, his future because of what he sees right. with guys like uh, Aaron Hernandez and other people out there. Right, and that, that's, that was really what drew me to this story. I wanted to find somebody in that age range who was experiencing these things because Wes, as you said, is, is having a tough time. He has fits of anger, he has constant headaches, he has memory loss, but, but he's, he's, he's not, he doesn't have dementia, he doesn't have Gary's disease, and these really scary results um, of of head injuries that we've seen, he's not there yet. He's in between. So he can, he can sort of follow and, and sort of conjecture what, what he'll, what he'll, his life could look like moving forward, which is really scary. And he can sort of see himself in the mirror with other cases and say, Hey, 20 years down the line, 30 years down the line, is that going to be me? And so he's really in this in between where you're, well, as you said, and as I, I tried to convey in the story where he was not really warned he didn't live in the concussion era. You know, now it's, we talk about it all the time. High school's practices, I'm sure, open with, if you know, if you feel dizzy, go to a trainer. Or, um, you know, college, there's videos about safe tackling. Like in the early, in the late 90s, early 2000s, this just wasn't an issue. We weren't talking about no. it. So a, lot, a whole generation of players missed out on it being an important, visible issue in football. And as a result, a lot of them now have to, like Les, live with sort of, sort of knowing what can happen before it even does. Yeah, he played in an era when you and, and and it wasn't that long ago when it was still right. referred to as having your bell rung. Right, exactly, and it, it, it is crazy to think how how that was in the two thousands, you know, less than two decades ago. But it was it, how much the, the culture has changed. Well, I've been watching football for a long time, and you didn't write about this in your piece, but I know you cover college football, so it's something that comes up. Um, and Joe Paterno said it. 
20 years ago, and I've believed this for a long time, that, um, and this happens in hockey too, that the equipment uh, evolved from being protective to being a weapon. And the football helmet, um, Joe Paterno said that they should take, you'd see a lot fewer heroes out there if you took the face mask off. And, uh, you know, I've watched players just make careers in the last 20 years out of just making missiles out of themselves and hurling themselves in the direction of a ball carrier or a receiver. And they wouldn't do that if their face, they didn't have those cages on. So, you know, I wonder how much of that is going to be taken into account and the the, the weaponization of the pads. I mean, even look at the shoulder pads, uh, how ridiculously big they are. Right. It's interesting you say that because one of the sort of, I think, an interesting thing about CTE and, and, and all the discussions we have now is that football is, hasn't, is never going to change enough to protect players. Um, no. You know, you're not, but 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 there is some self policing to do, and you can you can probably help each other on the field because you can have as many fines as you want in the NFL, but there's still going to be that safety, like you said, who comes in head high and knocks his, the crown of his helmet into other players, and he'll take the fifteen thousand dollar penalty or whatever it is. Right. Um, I think eventually you're going to need to sort of create a culture on the field that where we're we're protecting each other. And that's why the Seahawks have sort of revolutionized this, the rugby tackling and the safe tackling techniques. And it's and rugby's, like you said, the no, no face mask, like to Paterno rugby is a model because the players have no equipment. And, well, and there's fewer concussions in rugby than there is in football. But there's no helmet. Right. So if, if, if you tackle each other like you're playing rugby and you don't bash your head in because you're protecting your head and someone else's, like, those are some solutions. So I think the tackling aspect is extremely important, and it's, it's going to be something really to follow moving forward. There's a guy up in New Hampshire who um, has a has a one day a week of practice with no I don't know if it's no, no pads or no helmet and it's the purpose of it is to teach safe tackling and he takes the helmets off of them and makes them tackle without a helmet and yeah I mean that's that's sort of, it's, it's, that's why rugby's been the model it's really interesting and I also coming up in my next segment I have a a, a guy talking about do you, are you aware of the um, the football the seven this I think it's called the uh, I don't know it's, it's yeah, A7FL. Thanks, Aaron. My producers popped that in my ear. A7FL, it's uh, seven-man, no-pads, tackle football with you know former college players. And they, huh. they haven't had an issue with uh, concussions. And these guys are maniacs. They play hard, but they don't, they don't hurl themselves at each other you know, head first. So I don't know, I don't know how much of that's going to, you know, in, in the next few years, how much they're going to look at the, the, um, the helmets and the, and the equipment. One other thing, and I don't know if you've ever – thought about this or or thought about running it by anybody but uh, another thing that i've always thought about is the size of the players and um i don't know if you're familiar with charles yasalis he's a doctor he's a i can't even pronounce what kind of a doctor he is but it's involved he's a a world-renowned expert on peds and he says that 85 he thinks 85 percent of the players in the nfl use them so one reason that the players are less safe is because they're bigger a lot bigger than they used to be, you know? Yeah, and it might not even necessarily be a PD issue, too. They're just year-round weight training. Yeah. Kids are starting to get into college football shape at 14 years old now. It's, it's just um, the culture is sort of bred to be the best you can be as young as possible and get recruited so early. And I think um, players are so advanced and, and the weight training is so advanced. It, it's The bodies can be used as weapons. It's, it's definitely a scary thing. We're talking to Jesse Doherty of the, of the Washington Post. Um, I, I Where do you see this going i mean what's going to be the final product of this and, and i guess i should ask you who's going to win the lawsuit what's going to be the resolution of the lawsuit 
stuff. I mean, I, I, I think these things generally tend to, if this does get past these motions to dismiss, if I had to make a, a guess, and, and I will, I want to emphasize it as a guess, I, I guess there's a settlement. I, I don't really foresee each one of these players getting flown to Chicago for individual trials one after another. Mm-hmm. I, I think the NCA after a while would just say, look, we'll pay this or whatever it may be. I mean, these are a lot of tough lawyers out there on both sides who uh, obviously get a lot of money to do their job. So I don't foresee a trial uh, no matter what. So either get this getting sort of dismissed or settling is what I would predict. Are you aware of the, um, of the Project Veritas video of um, Urban Meyer? I'm not. No. Well, it's, it's, it's players talking about Urban Meyer and how what little regard he had for their health and and they were videoed um undercover they didn't know they were being recorded and it was right. not, it doesn't come across good and he's already got an issue over there at ohio state so the coaches are going to have to um really they're going to have a lot of questions to answer at some point here aren't they right yeah absolutely and i'll simply have to check out that video because i think that's one of the one of the big things is that it's a cultural problem and it's a cultural issue within football and and it starts with the coaches because you know, these in kind of the college level, these kids idolize these guys, and they give them a shot, and they and they and they give them a four-year scholarship. And I think there's a lot of things they can hold over their heads too. So, the coaches really need to be the ones at the forefront of making some changes. And they come from they come from past eras too, so it's gonna be hard for them to make the adjustment, but it's necessary. I think two percent of them make it to the NFL. So, they, and most of them, ninety-eight percent right. of them, think they're going to. Hey, Jesse, I, right. I I really appreciate it. I'm sure you're going to be following this up, and we'll be following it up with you. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, thanks to uh, Jesse there, and uh, we we're, we're gonna when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, these maniacs who play football with, and it's tackle football, and it's grown men and former college players playing tackle football with no equipment, no helmets, no shoulder pads. That's it. And um, why would anybody do that? I think it's I, I know why they do it because it's fun, but uh, why would they ignore the health uh, risks and the risks of getting injured because again because it's fun they like doing it and i kind of like the idea we're going to talk to the uh, ceo and founder of the a7fl there's a little piece here that i um uh, that i saw written back in way back in 2015 so three years ago and the headline uh, in the sporting news was foot and we talked about this with jesse a little bit football helmets are creating more problems than they solve um, and that's, again, to my theory, that they've become weaponized. And I mentioned it with Jesse that Joe Paterno said it and Mike Ditka has said it, that uh, the biggest problem is the face mask. These guys used to play. There was a time when there was no face mask. And if you watch old football video, old football films, you'll see guys making tackles. They, they turn their head. They don't jam their face right into the uh, body of the of the ball carrier. And they don't they don't. Well, number one, they don't get as many concussions, but they also don't get spinal injuries as uh, often because of the they, it's proper tackling technique. So maybe the future of football is the guy we have coming up in our immediate future, the A7FL, which is tackle football with serious football players and playing with no pads. I'd watch that. Would you like to see the Steelers play the Eagles Thursday night and nobody wearing any pads? Count me in. SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Crews are using aircraft to try to control a raging forest fire south of Los Angeles. There's pretty much no containment today of the blaze churning through the Cleveland National Forest. Aircraft dropping retardant across ridgelines to keep fire from racing down hillsides towards 
homes. Flames that erupted Monday have scorched more than six square miles of dry brush and timber. There are at least eight fires, major fires, burning out of control across California, prompting the president to declare a major disaster in the state, which frees up funding, federal funding, for more help. Voting underway in an Ohio special election that may decide whether Democrats will retake the U.S. House in November. Democrat Danny O'Connor running for an open congressional seat in central Ohio against Republican Troy Balderson, a two-term state senator. President Trump making a push for Republican Troy Balderson. On Wall Street, the Dow up 127, 25,629. This is SRN News. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Call 1-800-990-6976. Dennis Prager believes it's been a witch hunt since 2016. To be a member of the mainstream media, news media today, should be a source of moral embarrassment. But it isn't because, as I have said for decades, being on the left means never having to say you're sorry. The media and the left and its party, the Democratic Party, sustain hysteria. They have from the moment of the election. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Michael Medved at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's a beautiful country out there. Discover it all in a new RV from Camping World, America's number one RV dealer. At your local Camping World, you'll find over 350 new RVs in stock, an ever-changing selection from America's top brands, including favorites like Coleman and Mallard of every class and size, all at wholesale prices. Say hello to a whole new world. Visit CampingWorldOfPittsburgh.com. Pennsylvania's union kowtowing prevailing wage law is an albatross around the neck of Keystone State taxpayers, good governance, free market competition, and economic growth. As the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy recently noted, if public projects are unnecessarily expensive, state and local governments are unable to tackle as many projects as they could and should. Learn more about why the state's prevailing wage law should be abolished at AlleghenyInstitute.org where conventional thinking is challenged every day. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412 503 
to reserve yours. The Family Fun Expo and Back to School Celebration Saturday, August 18th presents one last time to have fun as a family before the craziness of school kicks in. From 11 to 4 p.m., bring your family to Princecape Arena, formerly South Point Isoplex, and enjoy tons of kids' activities, games, and prizes throughout the day, plus food, entertainment, exhibitors, and more. Visit TheAnswerPGH.com for more details, family-friendly pricing, and to register. Sponsored by The Answer, Princecape Arena, and the Bible Chapel. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Positive delays continue on outbound Parkway East, Forbes Avenue to Edgewood, Swissvale, and inbound still heavy as you approach the uh, Squirrel Hill Tunnel. There's a crash off to the shoulder. You're jammed up back to 30. Crosstown Boulevard heading southbound. A lot of delays there, 28 to Center Avenue. And outbound 28 slow 40th Street to the Highland Park Bridge. Actually, the inbound side also very heavy through that stretch as well. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Rather cloudy and muggy tonight with a shower or thunderstorm crossing parts of the area. The low tonight, 68. Tomorrow, more clouds than sunshine. Humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm into the evening. High tomorrow, 80 degrees. Later tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low of 65. Thursday, partly sunny with a high of 82. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I played flag football into my mid-30s, and uh, it was serious stuff. Lots of former college players, PIAA officials, played on Sundays. Um, It was a pretty big deal, and it could get physical. We thought we were pretty tough. It was seven-man football. We had flags, though, no tackling. Well, there's a league out there called the A7FL, and it's tackle football, no helmets, no pads, and it's serious football played by former college players. And I thought it would be nice to follow our segment we just had on concussions with a segment on guys playing with no helmets and find out how they're surviving. Shenner Corcuses is the CEO and co-founder of the A7FL. Shenner, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on, John. So how about a little history? How did the A7FL come about? Sure. The A7FL stands for the American Seven Football League. And we were founded in 2014. My partner, Ryan DePaul, and I came together, and we, um, we really just uh, decided how can we make football um, safer, how can we make football uh, more exciting, and how can we spread this sport across the country. And so the A7FL was formed. Okay, now, um, are you a player or a former player, or did you, did you just – See these guys playing and say, let's have a league. Yeah, I played in my youth. Uh, My partner uh, and I are actually uh, childhood friends. We played together on Pop Warner. He went on to play in high school. He went on to play in college. He actually had uh, concussions, which which made him have to uh, give the game up. So, um, you know, he's the originator of of this format of seven-on-seven football and when i saw what he was doing i said you know together i think we really have a shot to take this nationally and and bring this to the world but but talk a little bit about uh, tell people about how it was um i mean from reading stories about it i get the impression that it kind of started as just guys who were crazy enough to still want to play tackle football and they played for their town and they went and played against other they went looking for games against other towns finding guys from other cities who wanted to do the same thing 
That's exactly right. Um, basically, the seven-on-seven seven format, it's become a, a very recognized format, but it's also much easier to take a pickup game in seven-on-seven seven instead right. of 11. Um, so there's a, you know, there's a lot of benefits just in and of itself in the sevens format. And, um, and guys love the game. They're passionate about football. They want to stay active. Some of them want to go and, uh, and try to go to the next level. And, and that's where our professional presentation comes in. Now, um, how big are these guys? How big do they get? Oh, they get big. Uh, one of our stars, big model, uh, you know, I have to say he's definitely up there in weight. He's, you know, he's a huge guy. Um, he was one of the guys who was interviewed on our Cheddar News interview at the Stock Exchange. So we want to get these guys more prominent. You know, people should know about our stars. They're not all huge guys. Some of these guys, like Courage Mosey, um, are short and stout to the ground, and you can't take them down. And it's a very, very exciting uh, to see the different types of athletes in the league. Now, I, you know, we all played col- uh, not college, uh, uh, pick up football, and we played tackle football when we were kids. But by the time I reached, you know, twenty, twenty-one years old, it was it got to the point where I had a job and I couldn't. Uh, afford to get a broken ankle and I just was realizing that I was I wasn't going anywhere playing football so why kill myself but we we still continue to play competitively touch leagues flag leagues but what was it about these guys that they would continue to want to play tackle football without equipment I think uh for the most part like you said all of these guys uh, are working class guys um you know n- nobody's millionaires in this league like the NFL or something like that um, so that's exactly right. They love football. Um, it's it's uh, it's something to occupy the time in a very positive way. We're a platform that that um, that attracts many young men, athletes. Um, for number one, the most competitive uh, form of this sport, and and very competitive football. We're talking to Shenner Corcuses of the A7FL. That's uh, seven-on-seven tackle football with serious football players wearing no equipment. Um, so where are the games played? So um, this last season we had 18 teams. They're wow. situated in the, yep, they're situated in the Northeast between four or five states, including New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, D.C., and, and Virginia. Well, I had uh, friends of mine uh, growing up and, you know, into my 20s and 30s who were crazy enough that if they were still that age now, they'd be wanting to find out how they can do this. Uh, what Are you are you always looking for players? Players um, are, are the least of our worries. There's players across the country that want to be involved in the A7FL. We're on a mission now to find uh, basically team owners. Okay. Um, so you have other leagues out there like the Arena Football League mm-hmm. um, and obviously many semi-pro football leagues across the country. They have a product, you know, in all honesty, it's a secondhand always to the NFL. It will never really be that interesting and exciting compared to the NFL. We have a new opportunity to spread around the country, and that's something exciting. It's something viral, and it's actually a better way to play football at the same time. It's a no-brainer. Wow. And are your games televised? Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, 11 sports stepped up this season. On the heels of our championship, what we had 
in Pomona, New York, in a, in a, held in a baseball stadium. There's no kicking in our football. You don't need field goals. Mm-hmm. Good. And, I, uh, I think the NFL really, should get rid of field goals. I hate them. But go ahead. Yeah, they should. They yeah. should. But rule changes are one thing, what they do in the NFL. But you need to change the game. And that's what the A7FL did. Okay, so now here's I want to get into with you the idea of these guys playing without pads. You're, you're involved in a study with the New Jersey Institute of Technology, and uh, I I think what I get from that is that you are trying to find out if this is actually a safer way to play football with no equipment. That, that, that there will be fewer injuries with no equipment, and I, I would guess that rugby is a good sport to look at for that. Correct. Uh, so um, my university where, where I went to, Newark, New Jersey, the New Jersey Institute of Technology, uh, they were amazing to step up and support us in what we're doing and, and get involved in helping us to study the science behind our sport. What, what anecdotally over the last 10 years our athletes have given testimony visually, it's been evidenced that in many ways our game is safer. The bottom line, it's football, it's full contact, it's dangerous, you know, flashing all the warnings, this is dangerous, football is dangerous, everybody knows that, but but we do what we can to make it safer. And uh, in many ways, you know, like the UFC came out and what they did to make boxing safer, you can think of the A7FL like the UFC of football. Well, how do they avoid head injuries? It's still a factor of the game of football. What you don't see in the NFL, um, in the in the A7FL, is repetitive head-to-head blows. Every game in a helmeted football, every play in helmeted football, you have repetitive head-to-head blows. Whether you're on the line, whether you're running a slant and, and taking a big hit, it's not just the big hits, it's the small subconcussive blows. Look at the A7FL, there's virtually none of that. Um, and it's just because of the simple fact, the instinct of tackling when you remove the helmet and the hard pads. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember from the time I played as a little kid, when we played tackle football, I just don't remember a lot of guys getting, uh, you know, coming up with a, a, a banged up head. I just don't think it happened that much. You were smart enough to know that if you went in for a tackle and a kid was running at you, you either, um, maybe you threw yourself at his feet, but you, you, you know, you try you, maybe try to roll block them, but you didn't come in face first, which is what they do now in, in helmeted football because of the big face masks. There's no fear. Correct. Uh, and all, for the most part, football in- insiders understand that and recognize that. You take off the helmet, the face mask, the, sh- the shoulder pads, and, and you remove the invincibility, and, and the game has changed. That's the A7FL, and we've done that. But... Still, the incidental, the accidental, uh, you know, it is full contact football. This is, a, this is a violent sport, no doubt about it. We maintain the physicality of football, but in many ways we try to elevate the safety, not just with what the other leagues can do with rule changes. We change the game. This is American Sevens football. So if I'm playing safety and a receiver comes across the middle and catches a pass and, uh, you know, we know what happens a lot when, when it happens in the NFL when the receiver is vulnerable. They're trying to legislate these kind of hits out of the game. But what do I do if I'm not wearing equipment and that guy is coming across the middle and we're, we're, there's going to be a collision? 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the fact is you can get laid out. This is football. <laughs> yeah. That's the case. Yeah. Um, you know, but like you said, the instinct um, of not having the equipment on is in many ways removing this helmet-to-helmet action, uh, what you see in, in traditional football. And we're talking to Shenner Corcuses of the A7FL. I would imagine, uh, Shenner, that when you get guys together playing, well, any, even just regular football, but uh, there's there's some kind of a culture involved there where these guys get together and it becomes something special. And they know they're a little bit crazy, but they know how much they love it. And I'm guessing that guys play it probably maybe longer than they should as far as how old they are. Just what, what's the culture like? What, what are these guys like? What's their relationship with each other? Oh, yes. It's, the football culture is very unique. Um, I, think, I think everyone in sports understands that it's a little different than basketball or baseball or any other sport. Uh, the brotherhood is, you know, this is the, in many ways, and you hear it at the top levels and, and all the way down to youth, it feels like a, they go into battle together. And, uh, you know, it's a real combat type of sport. So you can only imagine the brotherhood and the bonds that are formed. And if and who who is the who are the stars or the uh, who are the guys who excel at this? Is it more guys who are you know the big fullback type running guys, or, or is it still is it like the NFL with a lot of speed? Well, it's definitely a speed game. Um, I think you'll see more uh, uh, you know different types of athletes in the A seven NFL. They're not just one build, so to speak. Um, you uh, you have a mix. You have a mix, and um, it's not only guys who are at, who are capable to go to the next level. Like, for example, Daryl Verges, one of our prominent players, will probably be in our Hall of Fame one day. He went and got signed by the New York Giants. He, wow. uh, he went on to play in the CSL. Uh, you know, he's he's a prime example that um, of the talent that's out there and that's not being recognized across the country, and we want to shine a light on these guys. These are are tremendous athletes across the country, and this is a great, great platform to to get them that exposure. So, bottom line, you've been doing this for a few years now, and you've watched this league develop, and you now have 18 teams, and you've seen these guys playing now uh, through a a full season with no pads. Well, if if you could wave a magic wand, would you say that uh, everybody would be better off from the high school level all the way up through the NFL if they played the way you guys are playing with no pads? Would that be the way to go? Well, so right now our sport's 18 and older, um, but if we just look at it from that point of view, um, and 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 younger than 18, playing a a transition between what is what it seems like the. Uh, you know the consensus is around flag and um, right. and 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 two hand touch. There's you know there's variations of of youth, but it's not full contact. Yeah. So A7SL um, has basically the same format for our youth, non full contact. Ours is based around two hand touch. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's um, you know there's a few cool factors to it, and you see it in some of the other youth leagues forming across the country, um, but it's transitioning them to, to the full contact, no pads. Right now you're playing non-full contact, then you're going and putting pads on and, and, and playing tackle from youth to the college level. It makes no sense. 
Yeah, there's a movement out there to stop kids from playing. Uh, Brett Favre, I think, came out and said nobody under the age of 12 should be wearing pads and playing football. Yeah, I, I, um, I just think the ethics and morality around uh, continuing to expand you know, helmeted football, not just in the U.S., but but in other countries, uh, really needs to be examined and, and what alternatives are out there and so I appreciate you bringing us to the table and, and letting your fans know about us. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm uh, interested in seeing a game. I wish I had known about this when your oh, season yeah. was going on. I, I'm going to be watching next year, next season. When's the season start? Yeah, we run from April to July. Right now we're spring football. That could change. We could shift to the fall. Uh, we're very flexible. We're, we're, we're a young league. Um, we're building partnerships. We're building distribution with, with other TV networks, and and we're looking forward to bring American Sevens football to the United States, West Coast, East Coast, all over. All right, Shenner, I appreciate it, man. Good luck with it. I'll be watching. I like the idea. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks. That's Shenner Corcuses of the A7FL. Sign me up for that. I want to watch that. I'd actually like to see a game in person. We'll be right back. One thing I loved about working with him, we got to pray with our patients. And I could do that without feeling like I was going to get in trouble. At the Medicine Shops in Oak Mountain, Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb continues the legacy of pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMatteo. And many people, you cannot cure them or make them truly get well if they have something down deep that they haven't ever addressed. Stress affects your whole body. Like when I get stressed, I have between my shoulder blades, my muscles get tight. Some people, it's GI. Some people, it can be a rash. Some people, their immune system is down. So we address that too. But you have to address the root causing that stress for them to truly heal. One of the things I'm very humbled by is that many of the people that Joe and I saw together, they're still coming to see me. And I just really appreciate that. And I'm going to try to have the same empathy and love and caring that he had. I just love it. It's my dream job. It's what I've always wanted to do. Every day is different because not everybody's the same. Call for a consultation today. 888-865-9595. How much do you spend on your pest control each year? 200 300 or even $500 or more? What if I said you could spend less than $25 a year, even less with promo code RADIO20? Then listen up. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, and yes, it is possible to rid your home or business of unwanted pests for less than $25 per year. The answer is Plug-In Pest Free. Our best seller, the Plug-In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. For just a one-time cost of only $249, even less with promo code RADIO20, you'll be pest-free for years to come. Log on to gopestfree.com today. Use promo code RADIO20 and start driving those pests away. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com. That's gopestfree.com. Promo code Radio 20. Hi, Hugh here for Patriot Mobile, urging you to go right now to www.patriotmobile.com forward slash you and help us celebrate a supreme summer. That's right, it's a Supreme Court summer. President Trump has nominated Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, and we need you to help make it happen, and you can do that by switching your cell service, because Patriot Mobile, like all of the bigs, has great, great, great cell service, but unlike any of them, support conservative causes. Don't just carry your calls, carry your message, in this case, to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. Every time you use your Patriot Mobile 
T-Mobile and pay your Patriot Mobile cell phone bill. You're supporting conservative causes like those that protect your rights, support interpreting the Constitution with originalism. And right now, while supplies last, enjoy a new Motorola E4 or an E4 Plus smartphone for only $4 a month. Mention my name, Hugh, when you call 1-800-APATRIOT to switch your service or visit www.patriotmobile.com forward slash Hugh. That's www.patriotmobile.com forward slash Hugh. Make conservative change happen every time you use your cell phone. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Buying a home should be one of life's best experiences, but today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments, and that can turn a great experience into an anxious one. At Quicken Loans, we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. It's called the power buying process. We check your income, assets, and credit to provide you with a verified approval, which can give you the strength of a cash buyer. Once verified, you qualify for our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you find your new home. Then, once you've found your new home, if rates have gone up, your rate stays locked. But if rates have gone down, your rate drops, and you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed-rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, if you want to call with a comment on what you just heard, uh, we have a couple minutes here. You want to throw a phone call in 844-302-1250, 844-302-1250 here on AM 1250. The answer. Um I love that idea, the A7FL, and I uh, I liked our discussion today about concussions. And I I think, as I said in the opening, that um, that this is a big deal. I mean, football is a pretty big part of our culture. You're going to see a lot of it Thursday night when the Steelers play down in Philadelphia. That's their first game since winning the Super Bowl, and uh, and and just everything that happens around here on weekends, starting with uh, Friday night football. And to think that uh, the game could go away if they don't fix it. They need to start looking at the equipment, and I've been talking about this for a while. The uh, it happens in hockey. If you look at the shoulder pads that hockey players used to wear, they they were there to just protect your shoulders a little bit. Now they're there. They're gigantic. They're like football shoulder pads, and you use them to lay people out. And that and they wonder why people are getting hurt. So, to me, it's it's pretty simple. Uh, they they gotta they gotta de-weaponize if that's a word. De-weaponize the the equipment. Um, I started playing football when I was in the sixth grade, but uh, I went to a, I went to a grade school, St. Bernard's. It's in Mount Lebanon. The school that I went to, they had um, just imagine this happening now. Kid, a kid told me that a kid I know was playing uh, for St. Bernard's, and it was he was in seventh grade. This team hadn't lost a game in like fourteen years, and they they rode a bus to practice to a field in Mount Lebanon, and it was his first year, and they. They said, uh, everybody take off your pads and, and your shirts, and we're going to, you know, just hold on a minute. So he's thinking, oh, this is great. We're going to cool off. It's hot. I'm going to get a little rest here. He looks, and coming out of the school bus is a coach with a giant duffel bag, and he had boxing gloves in there. And he handed boxing gloves out to each kid, and they paired off and started punching each other, just wailing on each other. And that's how the coaches found out who was tough and who wasn't. Don't think you could get away with that in 2018. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the John Steigerwald Show here on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.